Welcome to the Mature and Multiply podcast, a production of Rosedale Network of Churches. This podcast is dedicated to telling extraordinary stories from ordinary people in the local church. Join your hosts, Caleb Reed and Delaney Yutzi, as we connect with everyday people who are engaging their community for Christ. We hope you're inspired to take action in your own sphere of influence. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mature and Multiply podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Reed, with my co-host, Delaney. And uh, we're excited to to have you joining us today for the, the podcast. And today's uh, special guest is somebody who goes by the name Samson, and we're excited to get to know him more and share his story and, and for you guys to kind of hear the work that he's doing in... Um, really in, in several different areas. So we're going to dive right in and get into our conversation and learn about Samson. So yeah, thanks for joining us on the podcast, Samson. And uh, just to get us started, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your family, what you do for work, and maybe some of your hobbies, what you like to do in your free time. Sure. If you have free time. Yeah, if you have free time. That's <laughs> an assumption. Time, yeah. <laughs> well, my name is Samson. I... Uh, um, I was born and raised in Ethiopia to my Eritrean parents. Uh, Ethiopia and Eritrea used to be one country up until some 30 years ago. And uh, uh, I grew up there, uh, moved to Eritrea, and uh, joined Bible school because I felt like God has called me to ministry. And from Eritrea, uh, left my... Uh, well, I'm not... I'm, well, I'll, I'll tell you about that story later on. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I have a family. Uh, I have a wife and two kids. My son is uh, 21, turning 22, doing aerospace engineering uh, course in uh, in uh, in Canada. And my daughter is graduating. Actually, June 25th is wow. her graduation. Um, what do I do for work? I uh, I am uh, a leadership coach with Rosedale International. I work as a church planter among communities uh, uh, of East African descent, like people who are from Ethiopia and Eritrea mainly. And I also work part-time with Eastern Mennonite Missions as a, um, a catalytic coach or leadership coach with uh, the Eastern Africa uh, African Mennonite churches. So I travel back and forth to East Africa to do the work. Wow. Uh, in terms of hobby, you say it, or what do I do? I, I like to do for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like smashing things. <laughs> <laughs> so recently, I bought uh, but um, uh, a beat up house, and uh, I've been, I've been, I've been, you know, cleaning up and yeah. you know, destroying a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, so our listeners, they can't see you, but. I, I, if you, to, to, to have you just say that you have a son who's 20, about to be 22 and a daughter graduating high school, I wouldn't believe that. Like I'm, I'm even no. having a heart, like you don't look like you're old enough to no. have, um, so yeah. kids that are that age. Sure. You've aged well, man. Thank you. <laughs> you look, you look good. I'm not going to ask you your age, but, um. You look good for whatever your age is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm 23, and I was thinking, you have a son that's around my age. That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I would not have not have thought that at all. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm yeah. only 24, so. Oh, right. Right? <laughs> yes. For Caitlin. today. Mm-hmm. For today. So. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I have a story. I have, uh, I have a friend in Florida who, who is uh, well 
aged. Uh, I mean, in terms of like, I know he's aged because of uh, our old days. But I asked him like, how come you're not aging? And he said like, because I pray in tongues. He said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what keeps him that's young the secret uh, okay. the secret sauce the secret there sauce. you go yeah. uh that's cool cool um well you so you said you grew up born and raised in ethiopia yeah and um and maybe you'll get into this a little bit later but you know when did you move to the states and and how long have you kind of been living here in the states well um i um well I immigrated to Canada first before I came to the states. Okay. Uh and uh that happened as a result of persecution in Eritrea. When I moved to Eritrea, I joined Bible school. I was studying there, finished school and fresh out of the Bible college, uh which my church assigned me. Um uh, and I was I was doing ministry in different places. Uh but lo and behold the government decided to shut down all evangelical churches and we were uh jail like uh including myself mm. and some some friends of mine are still in jail in 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 prison in Eritrea and uh the lord orchestrated ways uh, for me to get out of that situation and I fled for my life with my fee, then fiance then uh, became my wife to to Sudan okay uh, so we we fled we we walked about 20 hours crossing the desert to Sudan and from Sudan We were praying that the Lord would make a way for us to to go, you know, somewhere else. And um through miraculous ways we were able to travel to Jordan. Okay. Then from Jordan, you know, uh been around the Middle East and eventually we we uh have been considered uh refugees who are unable to go back to their countries. So being given a uh, resettlement to come to Canada. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yep. Wow. Good deal. Yeah. Well, um so you know I I first heard of you and and it's maybe a few months 6 months ago or you know I heard of this guy Samson and and the work that you're doing amongst various people groups here in um kind of the the Midwest area and um yeah just kind of more even more recently heard about a church that you're helping to plant or planting um in Michigan and so you know kind of come having you join us today is sharing your story of how you got into church planting and what that looks like and and how you've seen God move so maybe just as we start here just um tell us how how did the the Lord lead you in the direction of uh getting involved in church planting Uh, it's a kind of a load a big question but um yeah yeah for me it's kind of like uh how did you get into this vocation this calling mm-hmm. of being a minister or a church planter pastor uh nobody in my family line my my dad was an engineer uh and he wanted me he always wanted me to be a doctor and uh or like a medical doctor or something uh and never never intended to be a minister because like in my understanding being a minister a pastor a parish priest is someone who will be dependent on men <laughs> that's what i always thought it'd be because my dad had his uh uh priest whom he would go i grew up in an orthodox church okay so the ethiopian coptic orthodox church and we would have a priest and my father would support the priest to um uh we have uh uh 
he's like his spiritual father that he would he would support so i always see like uh, you know i don't want to end up being supported by someone mm. um so i always wanted to be a uh, self supporting kind of person <laughs> or like have a vocation but when i you know the the persecution happened i had to be dependent dependent on god mm-hmm. so uh in prison or in this jail big hunger a lot of people gathered i prayed lord you know i graduated from bible school is this where i'm heading prison <laughs> <laughs> and i prayed about it and uh, the lord was faithful in uh making a way out so i had to act by like uh um, you know i had had to act um, you know by faith mm-hmm. to to go to the next level mm-hmm. and i was able to to cross the border and uh went to sudan from sudan i we, you know we prayed and the lord orchestrated like uh miraculously we were able to to be given uh, support to to go to to jordan actually a church planter or a church grows person his name is david yongicho was conducting ministry in jordan and that's a time when emails were like uh we created our first email in 2000 okay. and uh, i emailed this organization and they accepted us and we uh collect like you know scrapped our passports and stuff and we moved to jordan because mm-hmm. they say like come yeah yeah we wow. need church planters uh, and uh, church grows uh, people who are interested in church growth we went there to attend conference and we never never returned back so how did i get involved uh, god opened doors for me to go to places when we arrived the very first thing we did was rent a house and start praying mm-hmm. so the house that i was renting was eventually became a chapel and we eventually had our first church our very first expat church among ethiopians and eritreans in amman jordan was uh, started in 2000 okay mm. wow wow that's that's cool um so if i this is what i heard when you know you prayed ask god to provide what you needed different you know the door opens and when that door opens we need to step in and have faith that god's going to continue to provide on yeah. the next the next uh the next door or whatever the next assignment even yeah. so yeah and so kind of in your time here in Canada and in the US um that desire to to plant churches has continued mm-hmm. right yes and yes. and so maybe um you know share with us what what's that looked like here in the more recent years in in uh Ohio Canada and and some of those places Yeah, my journey to Ohio uh was about 15 16 years ago I came to to Columbus Ohio so to start uh to Grinya speaking church among Eritreans and uh, we started one and uh you know was invited by church to start and uh we did work uh but it was very kind of like difficult because now being in North America there is a lot of gray area back in the middle east is black and white you either christian or not mm-hmm. <laughs> you either uh, are a minister of the word or you know that type of thinking like mm-hmm. you know god you've called me into this and i will do it but when we came to north america it was like challenging and on top of that uh, there was this uh, financial crisis that happened so uh, we started a small group and i felt like you know it's dying it's not going to continue I returned back to Canada because the sponsoring church was not able to continue supporting us. 
and uh, we returned and uh, my siblings I actually have siblings here in in Ohio continued gathering really <laughs> and uh, and now uh, we have a church in okay. Columbus which is uh, which is about it's about 250 to 300 people gathering okay so how was it in North America yeah it is uh, we kind of like depend on a lot of things here uh, expertise you know knowledge mm-hmm. it's good it's all good you know uh, advertisement use all kinds of means you have to but the core you know having faith in, in, in the word of God and going about doing the word of God where mm-hmm. you will see uh, where you will see uh, miracles you know and uh, the hand of God moving among your community that's that's uh, what what kept kept me going yeah yeah, yeah. well it's funny you, you know I've had many conversations with people about you know the difference of planning churches here in America versus um, other countries overseas and, and things like that and and one of the challenges um, that I've heard people talk about is is we're so reliant on stuff mm-hmm. and and we're so driven to have the stuff that we kind of we maybe talked about this a little bit earlier um but but we're we have this picture in mind of this building and you know everything set in its place you know to 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 be inside that church building and and sometimes we're not willing to just meet in a living room or meet in you know a coffee shop or or something that's more simple that may not look like what we think church should look like or you know what we've been trained to think it should look like and so um you know in, in my role as church planning catalyst like right i've got the books i've watched the training videos i've gone to the conferences like all that is all good information that you learn and that you gain but by i mean it's it's simply just sitting down with people and beginning to build relationships and say, hey, let's study the Word of God together, and and bring them into your home or or wherever, and and start right there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How easy is that? But yet we make it so complicated. That's kind of what I'm hearing you say. I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Church planting in North America is complicated. Mm-hmm. Is that? Am I hear? Am I hearing you right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if I mean it would be it would it would be complicated. To, uh, to, I I traveled back and forth as I said earlier to East Africa, and the church in Ethiopia, for example, was growing under persecution, mm-hmm. and the church in Eritrea right now is growing under heavy persecution. Uh, but the church in Ethiopia is experiencing a relative uh, freedom, a lot of freedom, and the church is not growing anymore uh, mm. because of that freedom. So is freedom bad? It's not bad, but is freedom, uh, would freedom kind of like limits uh, you or uh, kind of like distract you from the the, the core values of uh, church planting? It, yeah, it could. Yeah. It could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things I wanted to add on my hobbies is music. Oh, yeah. You know, I love, I love, I love playing music, uh, instruments like guitar and, and keyboard, obviously, like our genre, like, you know, we have this pentatonic uh, Okay. Scales that we play, and I play that. And uh, whenever, like for example, in Michigan, we've been about seven, eight different uh, basements, houses where we we go to uh, and uh, and worship. 
Yeah. Actually, like, uh, and people would be invited and they would enjoy it. Uh-huh. And after worship, we'll continue praying. And when we pray, things happen. Yeah. Sometimes deliverance, sometimes uh, um, yeah, like rededicating of uh, lives. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not only uh, that we actively go out and preach to people and tell them about the four spiritual laws or, you know, do evangelism uh, uh, per se. We do that. Uh, but also, you know, this experiential um, worship that brings them mm-hmm. close to God. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you mentioned Michigan, and, and um, you've been planting a church in sure. Dearborn? Yeah, yeah. Right? And uh, it's, what is it, Word? Eritrean community community church. church. Yes, yeah. So yeah, tell us how how did um what were how did the doors open to get you into Michigan and and kind of get connected with that community there and and start this church. Okay, so one of my youngest brother lives in Michigan. Uh, he is uh, he's a pharmacist there in Michigan, and uh, I've been traveling back and forth to visit with him and uh, asked him like how many people are there and so on and so forth and he likes soccer so and I, I play a little bit of soccer but not not as as uh, as as good as him mm-hmm. and uh, he would gather people on Saturday mornings for a purpose of soccer then uh, I'll talk to people about you know possibility of us gathering and we started gathering at his place and then his friend's place and another friend's place and that's how it started, and uh, now it's it's growing. Actually, Sunday, coming Sunday, we'll have a conference. We are, we are expecting about 60 to 70 people to come wow. to the conference. Really? Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Huh. And so um, so you guys are kind of currently going from house to house, or do you no. have a space that you're able to call home now, or...? We've been uh, looking for a place, and uh, Presbyterian Church has uh, given us a place of gathering. I think so many other uh, immigrants also are gathering in that mm-hmm. uh, building, um, and uh, that's where we're, okay. we're gathering. Actually, twice a uh, twice a month we go there. Yeah, that's not every. It's every other week. Uh, week we we go there, and uh, we're we're gathering there. We're Paying minimal yeah. fee to use uh, the property. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> as far as like a Sunday morning, how many people gather? And at the moment, we have our children are more than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we have about twenty five. Awesome. Well, let, let me like very conservative number would be fifteen. Large number adults. I'm counting the adults only. Yeah. Uh, large number is 25. Awesome. Awesome. But our kids are, I mean, times, you know, every every family <laughs> times three or five. Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's that's fantastic. I love it. Um, as far as, um, you know, just like stories of transformation so I, i'm i'm big and love like hearing stories of transformation and how lives have been transformed um <clears throat> oftentimes and i'm learning this oftentimes i ask like 
you know, I'm asking kind of specifically for stories of, you know, people who've, who encounter Jesus and their life is radically transformed. Um, but as I ask this question, people are also saying, well, like those lives are being transformed, but my life has also been transformed because of trusting in God and seeing him work and move and do different things. And so I just wonder, like, do you have any stories, excuse me, of, um, transformation where, you know, somebody's been in one of the, the, these newer church plants or, um, and, and experienced freedom. You talked about, you know, praying for people and, and seeing people delivered and, you know, maybe share a couple stories if you have some of, of some people that have kind of experienced a diff- that transformation. Well, of course. Um, many of our people uh, may have experienced trauma either going through a refugee camp or traveling. You know, the journey is not easy to come to, uh, to the West United States here. Uh, some, some go through refugee camps and uh, not most places are nice. Mm. And uh, they do experience trauma. Um, mo- in most of my, well, there is a particular case in, in, in Michigan where we prayed and there was a person who was demon operation in her. Mm. And uh, we prayed for her and she is freed. Mm. Um, and actually it's a very common thing for us to pray for people and cast demons out of them. Um, and some people ask me like, how come we don't see them here? Uh, well, I tell them that the, the demons <laughs> who are in North America are well educated, so, so they kind of like <laughs> they uh, they hide themselves. But if you keep praying, I mean, you can you can cast them out, mm. cast them out. It, it uh, well, it might not be very dramatic, and but anyway, anyways, my encounter has been uh, there. There has been some dramatic encounters uh, of uh, them being freed, but nonetheless, n- they're free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So there is this particular woman I know that uh, has experienced experienced freedom, and uh, we're now following her up with with Christian teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And we so we call it the discipleship training. So we, mm-hmm. we disciple her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you kind of going through that that praying, you know, deliverance, uh, and and for somebody to experience that freedom freedom. Do you see an instant change? We do. Yeah, we do. I cast, I cast demons out in the name of Jesus, and yeah. they flee. Yeah, the Bible says that you know, rebuke, uh, resist the devil, and he shall flee. And yeah. uh, uh, the, I have seen uh, them fleeing from uh, from from this woman, and and she's yeah, free. yeah, yeah. That's cool. Mm. I mean, that's that's something in our Western churches in North America that is so foreign to a lot of people right like we don't Delaney can correct me if I'm wrong but like the churches that I grew up in like that was not a normal thing no you know we prayed for people we but it was like it it didn't go past just praying for people Mm -hmm. and so now in more recent years I've been in circles or been connected with people that would be more involved in those types of things but it's just even probably for a lot of our listeners, like what you're sharing is really, really foreign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> to 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 add to this, uh, I was traveling to Zanzibar, which is part of my EMM work, 
with a guy named uh, Joe Garber and uh, a doctor, William Higgins. Okay. And uh, they were with me, and we were there in, uh, there was a church plant that we initiated or facilitated, and the, the, the Tanzanians are, are picking up, and then uh, the church is established. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked me to come preach. I preached after uh, after the sermon. There was a demoniac, like there was a lady who was also demon-possessed, and uh, started praying. I rebuked the devil, they, you know, the evil spirit started shouting, making all kinds of noises, and uh, I asked my friends to come together. We prayed. We cast the demons out. Mm-hmm. So you can ask them. These are North yeah. Americans <laughs> who are with me. Yeah. I've seen that and uh, experienced that as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and probably for them, was that was that a first or was that a... a I think for one of them, it was yeah. a first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy stuff. It is. <laughs> um <clears throat> something in my throat today <laughs> um so so you told us a little bit about your family and and you know you're you're kind of going back and forth from from you know ohio to michigan canada still mm-hmm. um what's what's one thing that is on the horizon like what's is there any are there any new churches that are in the works do you have any new communities or areas that you feel God's leading you to to start something new again? I am praying about another community, but like, let me finish with this one and let's yeah. establish this and find a pastor for it. And when we have it established, and uh, we'll move on. Uh, one thing I've uh, I've come to like uh, to conclude is this: you know, God has uh, given us a family, the institution of family. Next to a family, you know, in the New Testament, the church is another bigger family. Mm-hmm. Without the church, I don't think our society will uh, will have a better community. I mean, church is a community that we need mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, common, common, my word, like your way here. I was listening to NPR, and they were asked, they were saying how important, uh, how the Catholic Church is closing its doors. Uh, in central Ohio, and uh, numbers are dwindling, people are not going to church, and so on and so forth, and how important churches are for the... Uh, mm. That's what I took from from the discussion, mm-hmm. whether they said it or not, <laughs> <laughs> explicitly. Not the... Uh, not the uh, doesn't matter, but like that's what I took. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church is very important. Like, yeah. We need the church. Right. Uh, um, he, so... so Sometimes, like, why am I naive in wanting to start a church? So if I feel it, like, if, if my my human mind and thinking that I'm naive, then it must be God. Mm. Uh, because, like, my, my, my natural mind wouldn't want to do the things of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Your natural mind just wants to bust things up and... Break things and <laughs> uh, so that's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, let's go. Yeah, so um, kind of to wrap us up here, uh, we have a variety of people listening to the podcast. We have pastors and leaders and just people in the church in general. So, how would you encourage um, anyone listening to get involved in their community? Maybe to um, explore church planting, or I guess what would you have wanted to hear 
at the beginning of this journey, um, how would you encourage whoever's listening to the podcast? Because we do have several, like a lot of our listeners are kind of in that young adult yeah. range. So that 25 to 35 year range, years old. So, um, yeah. 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 I mean, first thing, God can use anybody. Mm-hmm. He will use anybody. Uh, and if, if the Lord wants you to do start a church, uh, go for it. Go for it, and uh, uh, you will be rewarded later. Like uh, you'll be rewarded in this life, but later in the <laughs> next life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but beyond reward, church planting is uh, it will become kind of like lifestyle to you. Like uh, uh, I do, uh, evangelism is kind of like marketing. You know, you go out, tell people about Jesus. Uh, and you only can tell about Jesus if Jesus is <laughs> the most important, precious thing to you. Mm. Mm. Uh, like think think of a marketing. Mm. Like, you know, if you are a marketer and you wanted to sell this microphone to someone else, you have to love, you know, you have to have a lot of interest about the microphone. Mm-hmm. It has to be something in you that like, you know, you can't, uh, you, you want to sell it. You want to, I, I mean, whether, whether profit drives you or not, but the issue is like you want to sell it. So you mm. want to tell people about Jesus. Are you in fond of Jesus? Are you in love with Jesus? Mm. Um, and uh, more than, I mean, this day and age needs the church more than any time. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. And uh, you probably may feel like, like me, you know, why am I doing this? Am I super naive like everybody else is doing their thing and I'm trying to do church plan um, if this is your call I think don't give up just just push on yeah mm. yeah that's good that's good, that's good. Um, I you know I think you you said God can use anybody and you know there's den- been different times where God's asked me to do something and I don't feel like I'm qualified or don't feel like I can do that or I know that's the case for a lot of people. We, you know, I'm not equipped. And, and there's been, even with my wife, um, there's been different moments in our times in ministry where I'm like, Hey, like, I need you to do something. You know, I need you to go pray with this young lady or, you know, go sit and talk with this. And, and she would often say, like, I just don't feel equipped. I don't feel like I can. I was like, well, God's saying, go and have that conversation and you know, God gives us whether it's the words whether it's the energy whatever it is that we need to do those things God provides it mm-hmm. but we have to trust we have to believe we have to have faith that it's going to be there mm-hmm. even when we may not appear in our mind we may not totally think that but mm-hmm. but at the core we need to have that trust and that faith sure. right yeah yeah so yeah um this wasn't on the sheet. This is, as we're talking here, I'm like, um, I love food. I love to eat. <laughs> and so, like, I know I've had some Ethiopian food years ago. Sure. Um, but, like, tell us about, yeah, tell us about the food from from Ethiopia or what are some of your favorite things to to eat and... Okay, so injera is the uh, the staple in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. and Jesus is injera of life. He's not the bread of life. So, uh, so 
you know, injera is uh, like we we eat it with uh, meat stew or meat uh, with caramelized uh, onion mm-hmm. uh, with some spices in it. So, yeah. Do you know what injera is? No. No. It's a fluffy uh, injera. Is a uh, big bread, uh, uh, kind of like a sourdough made of and uh, and uh, a fluffy pancake typing. Ah, okay. So it's, 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 okay. So yeah, a thin, fluffy pancake type of okay. structure. Uh, Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> it's if I remember right, it's it's squishy. Squishy. Some some say it's a spongy. Yeah, is it's it, spongy. Yeah. And this may be totally off, but is it like non bread kind of? It like? is. It is made of teff. Teff is um, an ingredient that uh, Ethiopia considers hers, but teff can you know grows in everywhere now. Uh, it's a gluten free naturally. Naturally, it's ah okay. Mm. So Should tell my wife about that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sounds great. So that's the staple. That's kind of the that's it's that kind of the 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 rice. The uh, the, uh, the mm. yeah that goes with it's kind of the rice and the beans of the yeah yeah for the Ethiopian yeah. food. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And if I remember right, um, I can't. We had an, an Ethiopian restaurant in columbus years ago and like there were hard-boiled eggs like everything kind of came out on a platter sure. and like i mean there was hard-boiled eggs and there was different kinds of meats and you just kind of go yeah. in with your fingers and grab sure yeah sure. yeah yeah you clean up your fingers and like you know you yeah yeah and we eat together mm-hmm. another thing actually one of the things that we do around this church plants in the basements, it's not only music and prayer. We eat together as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll try to kind of like be civilish, <laughs> wanting to eat like in our own small plate. Yeah. But traditionally, we eat together. Yeah. We eat from the same big plate, uh, and uh, there, like, it's kind of like a holy communion. When mm. we eat together, we wait on each other. Like you know, you're mm. not gonna if you are fast eater. You kind of like gauge yourself with the <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with uh, seven eight people eating with you, yeah. yeah. And you're not gonna uh, take injera from this side and just take it, uh, take the the stew from your friend's side. You kind of like wait each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So definitely a good way just to kind of build community. It's, uh, yeah. And mm. Tradition, around. Yeah. 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 I'm a fast eater, so I would definitely have to slow myself down. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you yeah. would. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any other like, what are some other like big foods from Ethiopia that are like, like if you can have your favorite Ethiopian meal, like what is it? Well, injera and dorowet. Dorowet is like uh, chicken stew mm-hmm. made of uh, it's a very spicy caramelized onion and the chicken and the hard boiled egg in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. That's our favorite food. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Are sweets a thing? Because I'm also like, I love sweet stuff. Yeah, that's European. Like, we don't, yeah. like, uh, you know, no. if you want sweet, like, you, you get the honey wine, which is, <laughs> which is, uh, well, we have two kinds of them. Well, one is, uh, uh, you know, alkalized. Mm-hmm. The other one is, I'm 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 going I'm very traditional like mm-hmm. otherwise yeah. we have sweets yeah we have cakes and uh, all kinds of sweets but kind of your traditional but that's not yeah yeah okay. yeah we eat one meal and that's it we don't have like you know uh, 
the uh, the appetizer. Yeah. <laughs> the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, you know, at whether it's at Multiply or Pastors Conference, you know, you've been yeah. to some of those. Sure. It's like you've got the big old mashed potatoes and yeah. meats and, and then, you know. A lot know, of pork and. Yeah. A lot of beef and then. <laughs> and always dessert. And always, always dessert, dessert. Always dessert. Always. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. But on weeks like that, it's 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 rough. <laughs> it is, yeah. It is beautiful to have dessert. and. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> is there one meal like I know here typically dinner is like the big meal what is it like in Ethiopia is it like different or it differs in different places okay. but lunch is a big meal okay. as far as I'm concerned lunch is a big meal okay um, yeah yeah in our home like my dad would come from work have lunch and he would have a nap mm. and like after an hour or so he would go back to work mm. so there this uh this one hour kind of like quiet time. Mm. Mm. That I sounds like, nice. I like that. <laughs> yes. That is not, that does not happen yeah, in yeah. America. No. Not, not in Ethiopia as well. Like uh, it's, it's, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. But, but yeah. Sad. That <laughs> doesn't happen anymore over there? It doesn't happen anymore. No. Yeah. yeah. People are, uh, you know, industrial, you know, demand, demand for work mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. high. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's times this week I did go home for lunch and I fell asleep for about 10 minutes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's really, really good. So, but awesome. Well, Samson, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate just yeah. kind of learning more about you and your story yeah. and um, hearing and seeing how God's using you and working through you. And, and uh, we're trusting that he's going to continue to use you mm-hmm. and whatever those new communities are that you're, mm-hmm. you know, feeling him leading you to that he's going to provide. And, and even, you know, you mentioned a, a pastor and needing somebody to help take the leadership of Dearborn and, and kind yeah. of take that on, you know, we believe for that will happen for you and, and that community. And Hey, if you guys are listening and you're encouraged um, by this conversation, share this with your friends, share this with your family. Um, I've enjoyed it. Delaney. Yeah, it's been great. Been good. So um, <laughs> don't forget to uh, give us a like, give us a review. Sure. Mm, man, yeah. I don't know what's going on here. But uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. And yeah, thanks for joining us. Have a great time. And we'll talk to everybody soon. Bye. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rosedale underscore network and on Facebook at Rosedale Network of Churches. Don't forget to share this with your friends and family. Thanks for listening.